Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 417 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is Responsibly Armed Women, and our guest is Michelle Camp. Michelle is an Armed Woman of America board president, as well as a Utah state and chapter leader. Michelle has a passion for the Second Amendment and is active in the Second Amendment community in Utah. During the legislation session, that's a long, that's hard to say. <laughs> you will find her working with citizens and legislatures to help protect our Second Amendment rights. Michelle is dedicated to developing leaders and instructors in her state and providing excellent experiences for her chapter members. Welcome Thank to the you. show, Michelle. Absolutely. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Absolutely. So the Armed Women of America. So it has a long history, but a lot of people maybe don't know it by this name. So talk to us about kind of the history of that organization. Excellent. I'd love to, Cheryl. Thank you. Uh, you know, we have been around since back in 2012. And our founder, Carrie Lightfoot, actually started out with uh, kind of her journey looking for ways for women to be able to carry firearms and protect themselves. And she formed her, her company, The Well-Armed Woman, which was an LLC. And from that sprang this idea for shooting chapters. And our very first shooting chapter was uh, at the request of one of her customers out of uh, uh, Wisconsin, Green Bay. So our very first chapter was formed in 2012, and it still exists today from Green Bay, Wisconsin. And as soon as that first chapter was formed, it just kind of took off like wildfire. And so uh, in within the first year or so, we had hundreds of chapters, and we were all over the place. And we held our first annual leader conference in St. Louis in 2015. And at that time, Carrie announced, actually, that was 2014. Carrie announced that she was forming a nonprofit for the shooting chapters. It had always been her vision that this was a kind of a public service to, to help women and not be a, a profit type of business. So the nonprofit formed in 2015. And, uh, at the time, you know, when things are going that busy and that fast, there we didn't put a ton of thought into what, how are we going to be branded? What are we going to be called? And so the name was TWA Shooting Chapters. So T-W-A-W, -W, which stood for the Well-Armed Woman, but it, our name wasn't the Well-Armed Woman. It was TWA Shooting Chapters. And immediately there was a lot of confusion. There was confusion with 
members of the public. There was confusion with sponsors. There was confusion with leaders because of trying to differentiate Carrie's the well-armed woman and our TWA shooting chapters. And, and we kind of fought that for a really long time, trying to educate everyone on what the differences were. And in uh, 2020, Carrie actually stepped back. She had a lot of things going on with her. She's on the board of the NRA and she had her father was really sick and she was spending a lot of time taking care of him. So she stepped back from the shooting chapters and the confusion still continued. And so in 2021, we decided we really needed to do a rebrand and differentiate ourselves. And so we took a lot of input from leaders and membership. And then in 2022, we went forward with the rebranding and we are now, we're still TWA shooting chapters, uh, but we have our DBA, which is Armed Women of America. Fantastic. And I do think that helps kind of uh, help everybody conceptualize. I remember, because Carrie and I, we both live in Arizona. And so we're friends and, you know, we run in the same circles sometimes, but it'd been a while since I'd seen her because what happened in 2020, right? We, oh, all got, we all got locked down. Yeah. And I went to a shot show and there was a lady there who was introduced to me as the, the head of armed women of America. I'm like, what a great name. Oh my gosh. That, why didn't I think of that name? <laughs> I love it. And so then talking to her, she mentioned, you know, a little bit of that history. And I was like, wait a minute, I am so confused. What, <laughs> where is Carrie? What happened? And so um, it, it still wasn't as fully clear to me as you just made it. So thank oh, you good. for that. And, you know, we love both brands and they're both brands are doing amazing things for women. You know, if you're looking for the right kind of, you know, carry shorts or carry holster or, you know, anything that like that then there's that well-armed woman, um, you know, online shopping makes it so easy. And then when you want that amazing training, that's female driven, that's, you know, got that, that sisterhood and that camaraderie, you've got the AWA, right? Absolutely. So yes, it has helped because we've seen a lot of confusion, even from longtime sponsors, just with the difference between the two organizations. So it's really helped us a lot to kind of step out and differentiate ourselves and, you know, be known for, for what we do. Well, whatever it's called and whatever it does, it's woken a lot of women and really uh, has helped the industry because women are the voice of the future. Mm -hmm. I know. And, I love and that. They, they really have uh, made a difference in legislation, all everything, and uh, responsible gun ownership. We, I don't think the industry could survive without women. No, I, I'm surprised it survived as long as it did without us being, you know, in a more forward uh, and vocal position. Well, I think so what... kind of like guys kind of set up the gun thing way back, but women perfected it. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble with other guys, but it's the truth. <laughs> it's true. It's the truth. It's who true. organizes better? Who uh, tells the world better? It's true. We than women work like nobody's so, business. Right. So, what is the core mission uh, and vision of the AWA, and and how has it changed with all this rebranding, or was it always what it is? Well, it's funny because our, our mission now is Armed Women of America exists to enable women to be their own self-protectors, creating freedom, peace of mind, and confidence in themselves. 
Now, when we did the rebrand, we really did want to go through and say, you know, it's been eight or nine years. Is our mission still the same? Do we still want, are we still looking to do the same thing we were looking to do? And essentially, yes, we up, you know, we amended it a little bit, but that's always been our mission is to help women feel comfortable in the firearms world because I, I mean I go back to when I started and and you know I grew up shooting with my dad so I was comfortable when I was with him but when he moved five hours away and I was on my own to go practice and get to the range I was not comfortable and so trying to create a, a world where women could come in and ask their questions and learn what they needed to know in a safe non-threatening environment is really our overall mission. Michelle, I'm I'm not comfortable walking into a gun shop by myself. Okay. I I am I don't know why. I mean, I I know more about guns than probably most of the people that run these shops, but I I just don't feel comfortable by myself going to the gun shop. So I can imagine somebody, whether a woman or a man, new in the industry, going into a gun shop. It's it's it can be difficult. So when you say Absolutely. by yourself, what do you mean by that? Like, because you're you're inner introvert um you know kind of comes out and you need me to extrovert for you i, I didn't say you I said <laughs> oh somebody somebody <laughs> you know but but it's so it, it is an environment that you know you you can't can just walk into it yeah absolutely yeah. there's Plus a lot the to know yeah the, and the mindset of the older gun shops are not welcoming like the newer and I mean, even I, when I first opened our shop, I had some difficulties with it. But then I would look up and say, what do I not like about going into a gun shop? And then I go, okay, I can do can this and do that. that. And we fix it. <laughs> Don't but, do that's, And things. that's great to see, because I do think that that's changing, which is terrific. And even, you know, just in the nine years that I've been instructing, I've seen a big shift in how women are treated when they walk into a gun store, which is awesome. And I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I couldn't agree more. So we touched on the idea that every year there is a leadership conference, an AWA leadership conference. And now I'm going to brag a little bit and say that I am so honored that I have been invited to come and be one of your speakers this year. And I'm going to be speaking on something that's a passion for both of us. And that is the well-armed woman. I'm sorry. The... <laughs> The DC project, because it is the, um, the education, not legislation. It's the teal for two a, and I am so excited to get in that room with all of your amazing well-armed women and armed women of America and talk to them about the DC project. I am too. I'm a huge fan of the DC project. I have been since the first time I heard about the DC project and uh, I'm really involved with the local grassroots chapter of our DC project here in Utah. And I just, I can't say enough good things about the mission of the DC project and what they're, what they're trying to do and what they are doing. So I'm so excited to have you back with us again. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of our newer leaders that have come in that haven't had the, the good fortune to meet you and interact with you yet. So I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Well, thank you so much. I really can't wait. You know, there is nothing like 
you know, we do a lot of Zoom meetings ever since the whole 2020 thing. And those are great. And this, this is Zoom. So this is wonderful that we're able to, you know, talk this way without all the travel and that, but there is nothing like being in a room face to face with other people who are imbued with the enthusiasm and the mission and the vision and the values that, that we all share. And I, I, this conference will offer that. And one of the key things I think with the DC project and with the armed women of America is as politicized as the second amendment has become on, you know, in Washington, DC and, you know, in some of our state uh, legislatures, we citizens understand it's not political. It's in our bill of rights. It's for everybody. And so we are nonpartisan organizations. So we will have women of every background. I mean, you talk about diversity and it's not always just diversity that you can see across the room, right? But it's diversity of life experience, diversity of ages, diversity of, um, you know, all of these things. And that is, I, for me, it's so encouraging. I agree. I come out of that conference every year just with a completely new sense of, you know, being re-energized and rededicated and just spending time together with new chapter leaders and members across the country, but also leaders and friends that I've had for my entire firearms journey. So I'm over the moon excited. I can't wait. So Michelle, uh, when Cheryl gets in the wild with a microphone, she tends to hang on to it for a long time. So I was just curious she should know that there's other speakers. You have other speakers coming to Missouri, right? Hey, we're going to let Cheryl have as much time as she wants, but yes, we have, I mean, it's amazing how much we've, what we've got in the lineup this year. Um, in addition to speakers, we've got Lena Michelek's going to be there. She's doing a couple of, of live fire courses. We have got Mike Seeklander. We've got Terry Vaughn, uh, Mike Hughes from Next Level Training is going to be there. Um, I know I'm going to forget people. Oh, we've got Mio Strong from Smart Defense, which is a company that we've kind of just connected with. And I'm so excited about that, started by the Elizabeth Smart Foundation. And she's going to talk about women's defense. Uh, Myra O'Connell, if you're familiar with her uh, from Ergo Grips, she's going to come talk about her survivor story, which I'm really looking forward to hearing that we've got Karen Butler that's going to be with us uh, it's just an amazing amazing lineup of I don't know how we're packing it all into that three days you know I don't either I was looking I'm on the website now and and we should tell folks that it is in Branson Missouri August 10 through 13 and um, I'm looking on the website which is awaconference.org do you have to be a member to go? Well, that's a great question. So this year, you know, it started as a leadership conference. It was just for leaders. And this is the first conference that we're fully opening up to membership as well. So we've had some where we've done little samplings of members, but this, this conference is going to have a leadership track for leaders and then a member track as well. So that's really exciting. But the other thing that we're doing for the first time this year is we're actually having an expo. So kind of like a little mini gun show and we'll have sponsors and vendors and that is open to the public. 
So it'll it's a great opportunity. A lot of our leaders and members like to bring their family with them. So some of the events are open for family, but this expo will be open, you know, to family members, to the public, to anyone who wants to to come. And we've got, of course, amazing sponsors as always uh, that will be that will be at the expo as well as our conference. Can a person be a mem- uh, join at the conference? Oh, yeah. You can always join. <laughs> it's easy. We make it easy on the website. And, you know, it's I think for for what you get, the price of membership is is incredibly low. It's seventy five dollars a year. And that includes, you know, a monthly chapter meeting, which contains education as well as live fire practice time with all female instructors. We also have a lot of other events and, you know, fun zoom trainings and things like that plus the sisterhood of course which is my favorite part is just all of the kind of camaraderie you know i was looking for women to go to the shooting range with now i have hundreds and hundreds of them all across the country wherever i go that i can stop in and and uh have some fun range time with oh that's fantastic so again it's the awaconference.org is the website and that is in Branson, Missouri on August 10th through 13th of 2023. I always forget to put the year because these shows live forever on right. our website. Yes. <laughs> we don't want to confuse something, a couple, someone a couple of years down the road where they're like, I can't find this thing in That's Branson. That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> because you have these conferences in different places around the nation, right? I spoke at one here in Arizona at one point. We do. And we're kind of playing with formats a little bit. Last year, we did uh, individual regional, we called them regional roundups. So we had one in Utah, one in Ohio, and one in Arkansas. Uh, And so, you know, we go back and forth. We've been back and forth across the country in lots of different places. It's wonderful. And I think that makes it convenient for people who, you know, if they feel like I can't get to Branson this year, but next year I can get to wherever it is. So getting back to the the political angle of our second amendment, which is just an affront, honestly, there's, we've allowed uh, it to become this political football and different states have different um, rights than other states, right? And then we've got the federal government weighing in. Utah, where you live, kind of seems like it stays under the wire a little bit. It's not one of those those hot button, you know, you hear about California, hear about New York, you know, uh, what is happening in Utah? And do you have any specific um, issues that you come up against there? Or is everything kind of like, all right, we respect the Second Amendment, we're going to leave it alone? Oh, I wish. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> so a girl Utah, can dream. <laughs> I know, right? Utah, mm-hmm. it has very good self-protection laws as of right now. But, you know, I've been involved pretty heavily in the legislative work. Utah only has a 45-day legislative session uh, every year, so it's it's pretty easy to kind of keep an eye on what's happening. But at least for the last four or five years, we've been up there fighting, um, you know, red flag laws, universal background check laws, uh, safe storage laws. So there is always a contingency here that is working very hard at trying to erode our rights. And that's kind of my soapbox because I feel like friends that I have in states that are uh, not gun friendly, 
like California or Illinois or Hawaii, they are very tuned in to what's going on and they're paying attention, but now it's too late. And in Utah, I am really, we really battle with complacency. People think everything's okay. And, you know, somebody else is going to do that for me and somebody, you know, that, that could never happen in Utah. And so we've had a lot of times where, you know, we've got people that are being bussed in to talk about, uh, why women shouldn't have guns or we had a, a law uh, that was that was up in committee three or four years ago that was essentially the ability for a victim of uh, some type of domestic violence who had a protective order to be able to carry a firearm without a permit. This was before we were permitless carry without a permit for 120 days until they could get the training and apply for the permit. And we had female legislators in the state of Utah that said, well, I don't really know that women should be able to have a gun in that situation because the man will just take it and use it against her. And I said, well, I would like to make that choice for myself. Thank you. It just ends up being really frustrating because we'll have three or four people up there in Utah, which is a hugely gun-friendly state. And, you know, people just think somebody else is doing it or they're not trying to erode our rights. And so, me trying to get people to pay attention is is kind of one of my core missions that I do when I teach classes and when I talk to people, because it's really important that we do it before it's too late. Everyone in the states where it's too late knows now, and I'm trying to kind of wake people up and let them know that we need to be paying attention to this right now while we have it kind of good. You know, Arizona is that is getting that way. We are complaining. We're not doing what we should be doing. And everybody that owns a gun should wake up and and talk because our governor has vetoed every safe gun bill that's came through. And then you, you got me on that. You said that some people were bussed into Utah to talk about why women shouldn't have guns. That shouldn't even be a sentence. No, no. Yeah. And they're uh, they're just, you know, they they have made up statistics and they talk about, you know, a woman is I think that one of the one of the. I think it was mom's demand action that came in and said, you know, women are 500 times more likely to be killed with a firearm if they have, if they have uh, guns in the house and you just all sorts of craziness. And it's just, it's insane to me that they have a platform here, but they do. And they keep coming back and coming back and coming back every single year. So it's just really important that, you know, if our, if our legislators see a hundred people on their, their side and four people on our side, that says something. And so getting people to take the time out, and I know it's not fun, it's not glamorous, but getting up there and talking to your representatives and letting them know what you think and that it's important to you. And even if you can only do that with a phone call, you know, we've had some before where we've actually been able to rally people and they'll say in the committee hearing, you know, I've had hundreds of emails about this, or I've had hundreds of phone calls. You have to, you have to speak for yourself because I can't speak for everybody. The only thing exactly that, right. that gets me is, you know, women's, you know, women that demand action said that, you know, that you're 500 times more likely to have the gun used on you. They're, the only truth to that is that any person that wants to carry a firearm needs training. And, and they don't, they don't say so. So for a person that buys a gun and takes it from the store and puts it in their cabinet and hasn't had any uh, training, maybe that's true for them. Right. But 
for responsible armed citizens that get to training and it doesn't have to be every day, but just get some good training, then that statistics would go way, way down. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's, that's another thing, you know, that you deal with in states like Utah is that people, because it is so easy to get a permit here, there's no shooting requirement. There is a, a big a component of people who feel like you can buy a firearm and throw it in your bag or leave it, throw it in your dresser and, and you're good to go. Uh, so getting that point across uh, on how important training is and why it matters mm -hmm. is another thing that's, you know, really important to me. Right. I do a so, lot of situational awareness stuff and things along those lines that, that you have to have if you're carrying a firearm. Yeah. Super valuable. And we, we need to really push that training is important before the government tells us what training we have to have mm -hmm. because they have no right no position to tell us how many hours, how many this, how many that, because it it's it's never right. The government is involved. It's not right. Absolutely. So if we don't train, if we don't be responsible, we're going to get forced to some stupid laws. I agree. We've seen a lot of those already, so yeah. we don't need yeah. more. Well, I'm really worried about Arizona because people are setting, uh, you know, they won't even uh, read a petition at, at the gun shows or, or talk to their congressmen. And it, it's it's terrible because they just set, they wait until something happens and it's too late. Exactly. And that's, it's so hard. And Arizona's got that same reputation like Utah. You yeah. know, we're the Wild West. Everybody's mm -hmm. safe with their gun rights here. Nobody's ever going to do anything. And it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Michelle, I went to more gun shows in California. They had gun shows in California that you wouldn't believe. There were everything from pea shooters all the way to machine guns and building after building of guns. And that just went away like overnight. Mm -hmm. And and look at California now. It's it's almost impossible to even have a gun show. And it's yeah. you know, mostly glass and beef jerky. But <laughs> uh so so it's like why why do we wait till the last minute? No. I don't know. It's frustrating. It's really frustrating. And I, you know, I try to do what I can and really spread the word. And it helps to have the audience that I have with armed women and just, you know, have a lot of women coming through. Because I do think that women like the DC project. I mean, women are, are, it's easier for legislators to listen to women. It's a lot easier for them to dismiss people who look like you, Dan. And it happens. I, I know. And I know. so I think that, that women really could make and are making a, a big difference because people do listen to us. We're the moms, we're the caretakers. Uh, we, what, what we say goes with the family, right? So if mom's out shooting and practicing and being a good uh, self-protector, then that's going to flow down to her family, which is hopefully going to help us build the generation of people who will be, uh, you know, vigilant about protecting our rights. I would say, you know, we, we were losing our gun rights really hard until about maybe 2000 or so when women really started getting involved. And I think we're slowly seeing a change because the women get out there and they talk. But I want to tell the guy something. Get the women involved in guns in your family. If you do that, you will be able to own more guns. <laughs> that and, is and, the and, truth. And it's, so, it's, it's a fact. It's not even a, you know, I, I never have to say, I got to go buy a gun today. She said, why haven't you bought a gun today? <laughs> yes, and I so, agree. 
I don't know why we can't just wake up to that because, and you look at social media, the women are powerful and we need your help. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Doing what we can. And uh, there are so many people who are firearms owners that, like you said, there are layers. So, and we saw a lot of that through 2020. Um, We had our retail gun shop. We closed that now and we sell through the auction, as I mentioned at the top of the show. But we saw so many people come through that would have never in a million years found themselves, thought that they would ever be buying a gun. But there was so much uncertainty and there were riots across the nation and every everything just seemed really upended. And so it was a tremendous honor for us to be able to serve people who, you know, they are coming into a gun shop like I'm having an out-of-body experience. I don't even know why I'm you know, what brought me here, what's weird life brought me here. And so um, being able to help them understand who we are as gun owners, help them understand their responsibilities as gun owners, um, get them connected with training. It was a wonderful time, but there are those people, as you mentioned, they'll buy a gun and we call it like the Christmas puppy syndrome. It's like, okay, I've got this thing. Mm, Don't really know what to do with it. And there you go. But our guys pushed hard for training. It's yeah, funny because you mentioned that a guy walks in a gun shop, he buys a gun. He doesn't say anything. A woman walks in by a gun. She tells you why she picked this yeah. one, what she's going to do yeah. with it and why she wanted it. That's and true. it's it's awesome. And, you know, so. Yeah. And so then the next layer is the people that, okay, they've got their guns, they've got their training and they feel like, okay, done. Mm-hmm. And part of what we do with the DC project with the whole you know, educate, don't legislate is, you know, no, you, you have to be a voice to protect your own right to own that tool, that tool of self-defense. And so that is that next layer. And, and why I think it's so wonderful that you're giving um, the DC project uh, through me, the opportunity to speak to so many women at one time and try to help connect those dots that, you know, somebody else, you know, everybody always thinks, well, somebody's going to take care of this and mm-hmm. we've got our constitution. So we're in the right. So we're good. And the somebody who's going to take care of it is looking at you in the mirror. That's your somebody. And it, it is, it always comes down to that. And, you know, some people feel like, well, I'm just one person. What can I possibly do? Well, Carrie Lightfoot was one person. Yeah, and look at her legacy with what you do, right? Diana Absolutely, Mulder. thousands exactly. of women. Exactly. It's funny that the Constitution, you know, they said the Constitution will protect us. Uh, Michelle, how many how many laws can you think of that already infringe our rights? So many. Oh, I mean, hundreds. There are right. so many. Right. And and it just gets worse. And and you know, we've been so quiet, and I think that happened for so long where we just. You know, we're busy, we're going about our day, we're living our lives, we're being law-abiding citizens. Other people can worry about these things. Other people can protest. Other people can do that because I'm busy leading my life. And we have to have a different a different outlook with that now because the other side has a different outlook. And we have to be able to match their passion for our uh, love of our rights. And I think that's extremely important. I see people and they say, oh, I don't, I don't want to do politics. 
Well, if you don't do politics, then you get what you get. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Whether you want to be a politician or you not, if we don't talk politics, we're going to lose everything. Yeah. And I agree. I get why they don't like it. I mean, I've been involved legislatively, even through my work for dozens of years, and it is frustrating. And I am probably extremely jaded at what I see happen up there, but it's still important. You have got to do it because if you just leave legislators to do what they want to do, they're not going to always have your best interest at heart. Right. And like the women, what are they called? Women, what? Uh, uh, the Mom's demand. Mom demand action. They are, they're, they're small compared to our industry, mm-hmm. but yet Absolutely. their voice is loud because there's, they're, they're just never mind, <laughs> they're, but they're, they're loud. It's amazing and, how loud you can be when you're completely ignorant of the truth, the right. actual facts, your, you know, heritage of freedom and it's amazing how loud you can be we have all that on our side so we just need to start speaking up and need meet their volume absolutely well michelle thank you so much for taking all of this time to be with us and and talk to us about these important issues and of course the conference as we start uh, to wrap up could you tell folks how they could again get involved in the conference and maybe find a chapter near them and start getting some training. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to. So you can find our website at armedwomen.org. You can reach our conference website from there, or you can also go to awaconference.org. And we are active on Facebook under Armed Women of America, as well as Instagram. So follow us there reach out, find a local leader in your community. You can, with most chapters, you can attend a meeting for free. See if you like it. If you want to join, uh, work with the the chapters there, or you can join online at the website. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you in August and all of your amazing Armed Women of America. I look forward to seeing you too, Cheryl. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye-bye, Michelle. Bye-bye. You too. Um, good stuff. I cannot wait. You better I... let them have the mic. Well, that's okay, why we three day conference. This one down. Okay, right? three day <laughs> conference. I don't want to hear that you were on that microphone for three days. Well, let me tell you, they've actually invited me to do two. I see that two segments. So I get to do the um the Women DC dedicated. project and you on one day. And then the next morning I do the industry panel and hosting a panel is one of my absolute most favorite things that I ever get to do because um, it's kind of like, you know, quick snippet interviews and you get to learn a lot about several people in a very short amount of time. And I'm, I'm just, I keep saying I'm honored and that's not a big enough word. I'm, I don't know. I, I'm. I can't wait to get there and, and be a part of it. So this episode is brought to uh, mainly to let women who are not sure about shooting, maybe that they could go and get help. They get, they can talk, uh, talk to the people from the armed women of America and ask when is there going to be a place where we could go shoot, yes. get together and connect with other people that are probably in the same position you are that aren't sure. Uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. And also women who are, you know, very knowledgeable and maybe they want to 
you know, share their, share their knowledge yeah. um, as a trainer or maybe a chapter leader or something like that. And what a better place to get tapped in to this nationwide community than the AWA conference. And so I just really encourage everybody, whether you are a leader, whether you are a member or whether you are part of the public that can go to this expo, um, because I'm going to be setting up a table as well for the DC project. And some of my fellow DC project ladies are going to be there wearing our teal, our teal for 2A. And uh, I, I just, I think I might be at that expo. I'm not positive where the table's going to be, but I might get to meet a whole bunch of people um, who are just part of the public or who want a little bit more information and maybe aren't ready to, to take the full step to be a member, but um, it's going to be wonderful. Again, awaconference.org, get signed up today, find out all the information. And uh, wow, this is uh, such a great and encouraging conversation. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Thank you again to Michelle Camp. Thank you to our awesome viewers and listeners all across the world. Wherever there is internet, we have people who are hungry for this information. And Dan, they don't just take this information and you know keep it to themselves. They take it around their dinner tables, into the carpools, um, you know, when they're, you know, doing anything with their friends and family, these conversations become part of the, the thing, the way they spend their time together. And that is where the needle gets moved, right? When sure. you banter about ideas, you debate ideas, you disagree on ideas. And I, that's one of the honors that we have of this show is that, you know, we tell people all the time, if you disagree with what we're saying, that's awesome because then you're mentally engaged. You're chewing on it mentally and it's a jumping off point for you to go and find out more information. Maybe you find out that we're completely wrong. Maybe you find out, oh, wow. How many, people, how many people you taken shooting that's new mm -hmm. that was a little afraid or whatever, or just grown up or not around guns that after they shot hated guns? Zero. We haven't had any zero. Now I'm and sure there's some that, out there. There's a few out there. But... Part of that is that if you do it in a safe yes. environment, then it's just fun. Welcoming. It takes yeah. all of the anxiety and, and takes it yeah. out of the whole equation. So exactly. We've, we've never had somebody go, wow, that was time wasted. I hated that. No, they oh. are like lit up. They're excited. Their endorphins are, you know, exploding and they just, they want to go out and tackle right. their day and, and tell more people about their experience. And then another thing you were talking about is when, you know, people talk about what they're doing and share their experiences. Mm -hmm. I remember several times that people from different countries came to the store and we went shooting yeah. And the conversations that were there, we are not allowed to have this. We're not this, but we yeah. can have this. You know, like in Germany, uh, from what I understand, you can buy a silencer, a suppressor over the counter, but you can't buy the gun to shoot it over the counter. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to get permits and all that stuff. Where here there, you can buy the gun, but the, the suppressor, suppressor is a big deal. It's, like it's, it's because, a, because it's a, suppressor, control. a suppressor does exactly what happens in a movie, just like a gun. They're unlimited firepower. No. Oh, I have to say. No. I I have to say. I Don't have be to, bringing I have to, nonsense onto this show. I heard Biden speak yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was AI. 
but he says if you put oh, artificial intelligence if you like put a one of these stocks on a pistol, a pistol it, it becomes, becomes a fire a gun, a gun. Yeah. becomes a gun and you can change the caliber yeah make a high power high caliber high caliber gun even with using the uh um sorry my computer's doing something um even when it comes to the word assault rifle or assault weapon right well we started using it because it sounded kind of cool right i never use it and right and now the other side has run rampant with that and now they have assault weapons i don't have an assault gun enough if i have an assault gun i have an assault hammer right exactly but you know now we're going to play this clip of biden saying ridiculous magical untrue things and that that gets in people's minds and then they can't sort out well, wait a minute what what is true and what's not true because i know i heard this other thing a bunch of times so we're working against ourselves when we give air to the other side's nonsense yeah. we need to speak the truth let that be the thing and and move on but speaking of moving on we got to get on out of yes, here dan all right until next time we want to oh wait i forgot to tell folks how they can listen to the show and other episodes if you want to rewatch this video or any of our videos go to wherever you get your video um YouTube. shows youtube gunstreamer and when you get there please hit the subscribe and the notifications button because that tells those platforms that this is important to you and it's a little bit of a hedge against us getting canceled if you want to listen to the audio only version because you're out on a long bike ride or enjoying you know doing some yard work or something then go to our website gunfreedomradio.com click the on demand tab and binge listens to your heart content darling beautifully said if you want to see photos and bios and links to all oh of the guests we've ever had on, including Michelle Camp and including the conference, the AWA Leadership Conference, go to the guest tab at the same site. And uh, until next time, Dan, we are going to pray for this nation. Yeah. We're going to pray for the leaders across this nation. We're going to a leadership conference. We're going to pray for those leaders. Yes. And then the people that we've hired with our votes to be our elected officials, whether you want to call them leaders or not. No. We're going to pray for them. Yes. How about the ones you don't like, Dan? Oh, I love to pray for those. Absolutely. Maybe especially for the, the ones you're frustrated with. All right. Until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Bye-bye.